Patrick and Ruth Schwenk, and we are so thrilled you are listening in with us here at Root Like Faith. It is our deepest desire to encourage and equip men and women to be rooted in God's word, transformed by the love of Jesus, and moved by his mission in the power of the Holy Spirit. Nothing is more important. We can't wait to, sh- to share today's episode with you. So hey, let's go. On today's episode of Root Like Faith, we're talking about a topic that it seems like, I don't know, everybody's obsessed with today, and that is self-care. So we're going to explore what the Bible has to say about self-care and how self-care should look in the Christian life. And honestly, this is something that I've thought about a lot, and I'm sure maybe you're wondering as well. So I can see why it's such a hot topic these days. When I think about self-care, what comes to mind immediately is rest and I need rest. I need it so often. So I'm excited to talk about this today with my co-host and husband, Patrick. So we're going to start here just with, honestly, the overall meaning of self-care. Like, what do we mean when we talk about self-care? Like I said already, for me, I think about rest and it's time alone, time away. I can collect myself mentally, spiritually, Uh, hopefully physically, if I actually focus on that. So I don't know. Are we missing the boat here? Is there a bigger picture, maybe something we're missing in culture today when it comes to self-care? Would you say that's pretty accurate, honey? Well, you know, it does sound so selfish, doesn't it? I think one of the hard (laughs) things from a Christian perspective is when somebody talks about taking care of yourself, you immediately think, well, wait a minute, aren't we just supposed to to love everybody and lay down our life for people and to to sacrificially give of our time and our energy? And so just that language of taking care of yourself or, you know, taking care of your soul or or self-care, you know, whatever language you want to use, it just sounds like it goes against the grain yeah, of what Jesus negative, calls us to. Yeah, it can have a negative connotation to um, it, I think. Yeah, and so I think, you know, it is challenging to come to a, I think, a more biblical, you know, view of, of what we mean by that. And so I think, you know, other people have talked about, you know, the difference between self-care and soul care. And, and sometimes we we think we have to choose between one or the other. And I think we ought to start with, like, who we who we are as human beings. Mm. And so I think one of the things, just to keep in mind as, as we're talking about this or as we think about this, is you know the Bible's perspective, the Bible's teaching on who we are as human beings is that we're both physical and spiritual, right? So Genesis mm. 1, Genesis 2, God takes the stuff of the earth, he, he takes the dust of the earth, and he breathes his breath uh, into it. Um, we're the stuff of earth, but we're also the stuff of heaven. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, one of the earliest uh, false teachings in the church was a um, false teaching called Gnosticism. And Gnosticism essentially taught that that the body is bad, that anything material is bad. Mm. And so the, the first false teaching about who Jesus was is that he wasn't really uh, human, that he just appeared to be human because anything attached to matter to the body, you know, is seen as evil or bad. And so I think sometimes when we think about self-care or soul care, we tend to think only about just our personal relationship with God, reading our Bible, praying, fasting, and all of those things are a part of that. But if we're going to talk more holistically, we, we need to also address the parts of who we are physically. And so it's both of those things, taking care of, of who we are as a whole person, physically and spiritually. Well, honestly, I don't just think of prayer and Bible and all of that. I think of getting my nails done and my hair done. <laughs> I mean, I think that really in our culture today, self-care is like 
like you said, this holistic, it's, it's not just spiritual, it's mental, it's physical, it's working out, it's everything that we can do to take care of ourselves. And I think, I think it is accurate and right for us to struggle with this a little bit because there is an element of it that makes us go, is that selfish? Like, why am I so obsessed with taking care of myself? So how do we handle that tension between it being, you know, selfish yet important? Like where, where's the middle ground there? Yeah, I think that's a really good, really good point. Um, I have never gone to get my nails done or my hair done just for the record. Well, and I understand why um, you didn't mention that because yeah. you don't have hair and you wouldn't get your fingernails done. So anyway, I'm not going to say I don't like going to the mall and walking around while you do those <laughs> things. But I, I anyways, um, so I, yeah, I think you're exactly right. I think one of the tendencies both in our culture and, and you see it seep into, um, you know, Christian blogs and, and writings is this idea that we just need to be true to who we are. Mm, yeah. And so there's this whole movement in mindset that, you know, there's a long history there, but I think in its essence is this idea that we just need to discover who we are yeah. and take care of who we are and be true to who we are, be our authentic selves and so the, the dangerous thing about that from a biblical standpoint is that there's lots of things about who we are that are sinful right. <laughs> in God's yeah, eyes. Yeah, like fo- the whole saying, um, follow your heart, yeah. that's always, that has always uh, put up a red flag for me because Absolutely. we can't follow our heart. We have a sinful heart. And I think that's the same idea here. Absolutely. I think, you know, you, you see that in James, you know, chapter four, that, that, you know, we have desires that, that are fallen, that are sinful. Mm. And so part of discovering who we are is certainly coming to a greater appreciation of God's love for us, finding our, our core identity, uh, that we are loved sinners, that, mm. that we're sons and daughters of, of God because of what Jesus has accomplished for us on the cross. Um, it, it's coming to a greater awareness of maybe the unique gifts that God has given us. So there is an element to self-discovery, self-care, um, you know, accepting who we are in terms of maybe the ways we've been wounded in the past. Mm. Um, but we should never sort of think that that self-discovery in and of itself um, is is enough. I mean, we, we seek to discover who we are, find out who we are, so that ultimately we can become more and more like Jesus. Right. So it's um, not self-care isn't all about us. That's where the tension right. lies. That's where the middle ground is. If we can understand that taking care of ourself is actually... Uh, a way to glorify God more. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think it's part, you know, you, John Calvin at the beginning of his, of his institutes, he was a, a French theologian, you know, one of the leading reformers back in the you know, 1500s, 1600s, um, said that nearly the whole of sacred scripture consists in these two parts, knowledge of God and knowledge of ourselves. Mm. And so you need both of those things. You know, we need a knowledge of who we are, that we are um, loved that, that we are, um, you know, we have unique gifts and, and different, um, you know, experiences that have shaped who we are. We have different personalities, but a knowledge of, of ourselves alone uh, can lead to us just being sort of self-absorbed with ourselves. Right. Um, you know, a knowledge of God alone can, can cause us to be self-righteous. So we need both of those things. We need to discover who we are, but also discover who God is. But both of those things are like this living dynamic. I mean, mm-hmm. they, they work back and forth. And so 
as we, we take care of ourselves and maybe journey inward and, and find out uh, more and more of, of who we are, um, we also need to realize that, that God wants to transform deep parts of who we are, that there are parts of who we are that, that need to be turned from, mm. um, that we need to um, turn away from maybe certain uh, selfish desires or thoughts or ambitions. And so we need both of those things. And I think that's where sometimes the, the self-care movement uh, if not understood correctly, can become unhealthy. It can become too me-centered, too man-centered. Right. And so we need we need both. Right. And we don't want to throw the whole thing away because it makes us cringe a little bit, or because we think, oh no, is you know, am I going to be too obsessed with myself and self-care? And um, so I love that. I love that because I think it's so important for us to have a right view of this. This is such a big deal in today's culture. Um, so let's go to the Bible here and. I know that there's places in the Bible that we can see self-care happening. And I think about Jesus getting away and praying when some of us would have, I mean, personally, I would have been like, oh no, but these people need you. You need to help them. They're asking, but you're going to get away right now and pray. And, but yet he saw the importance of taking care of himself and being connected with his father. And so, um, let's talk about other areas in the Bible then where we see when we, where we can see this real biblical example of self-care. Yeah. So again, I think when we, when we talk about self-care, soul care, I think we ought to, we ought to think and talk about both of those things. We need to take care of our relationship with God spiritually, but we also need to take care of our, ourself physically. And so both of those things are really important. And I think, you know, one of the, the clearest examples of that, I think is in John chapter four and, and a friend of mine uh, who was actually my, um, my faculty advisor out at Biola when I was doing my doctoral studies pointed this out to me. And, you know, Jesus is, is traveling, he's been uh, doing ministry and he's passing through Samaria and he comes to uh, that little town, Sychar, and it says that he was tired from the journey, John chapter four, uh, really those first four mm-hmm. verses, he comes into that town and, it, and the scriptures say that he was tired from the journey and he sat down by the well. And of course, he'll go on there to meet the Samaritan woman and, and reveal who he is, that he's living waters. But there's a really interesting um, sort of description about what he does. He sits down, he's tired, and then he asks her for water. He says, can mm. you give me something to drink? Yeah, I think um, I just have to stop here for a second, though, and say, when you just say that line, tired from the journey, how many people listening? I mean, right away, that resonates with me. And so let's see what Jesus does with that. He's tired from the journey, and he... Well, I think one of the important things is he asks for help. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I think, you know, when we think about being tired and and worn out, or maybe we feel dry spiritually, we feel burned out. um, I think what you see in, in the humanity of Jesus is that he got tired, he got hungry, he got thirsty, but he asked for help. Um, Nobody looked at him and said, Jesus, you look really tired. (laughs) Let me give you something to drink. Can I help you? (laughs) Um, And so I think when we think about self-care, soul care, you know, taking care of ourselves spiritually and physically, sometimes that requires asking help um, Mm. or asking for help. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so I think, you know, that's one beautiful picture of of Jesus, God in the flesh, um, you know, coming, he's tired, uh, he's worn out, he's thirsty, he's hungry, and he asks for some food. He asks for some water. And so I think that's a, a mm-hmm. great example of, um, in the life of Jesus of how we do need to take care yeah, of ourselves. Where is that again? In case John the, chapter four, John chapter four, and really the first six verses. Okay. Yeah. Cause if you want to go look at that, I just feel like that is a great example of 
self-care in the Bible and how Jesus took care. Okay, so the other biblical example that I already mentioned was from Mark, where we see Jesus getting away. Yeah, so Mark, um, Mark chapter 1, verses 35 through, really through 38, um, it says, Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, dark, Jesus got up and he left the house and he went off to a solitary place where he prayed. Mm. Uh, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, Everyone is looking for you. Mm. And I love this, verse 38, Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else uh, to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. That is why I have come. And so it just, I mean, there's so much in that, that short passage, but I think, you know, what you're talking about is just, again, that picture of Jesus getting away from the masses, getting away from the needs, getting away from really the, uh, his growing popularity. And, um, and he has to be alone with the father and he, he gets away to, uh, to be strengthened and to be refreshed, uh, with the father. And then what you see is that the disciples come looking for him and he actually doesn't respond to mm. all of the needs. He actually leaves some of those needs unmet and yeah. says, let's go somewhere else. And that's, what's interesting to me about that is here you see like an actual need and, and almost alarm, like, what are you doing? These people need you. And, and he still, um, takes that time that he needs uh, for self-care. I mean, that's what it is, self-care, and to connect with his father. And, and I think this is a beautiful picture of, um, I think if we continue to see Jesus's life, this is a beautiful picture of why it's necessary um, to get away and how that is related to us being rooted in Christ. Yeah, and just I think even the ability to say no you know, mm-hmm. for the sake of your own, your own self sometimes. Mm-hmm. And of course, Jesus is, is, you know, moving on to another village, another place to uh, continue preaching the gospel and talking about the kingdom of God. But I think, you know, one of the principles that we can take from there, one of the things we can apply to our own life is that there's times in our life where we just have to say no to certain needs mm-hmm. that, that, that not everybody's needs are necessarily our immediate responsibility. And that can be hard for some people, mm-hmm. you know, depending on your personality and your gift set. I mean, just setting boundaries mm-hmm. is a big step towards sometimes just protecting your inner mm-hmm. world, you know, protecting mm-hmm. and being a good steward of your own soul. And so I love that example as well in, in Mark chapter one. And I think that what we see by him saying no in that time is that God uses the time that he set aside is actually used in the future to serve others. Right. And yep. and that's why I, I think that is really where we see the reason it is so necessary. Yeah. And, and don't you see there too um, that, that one of the things that Jesus says is that we need to go somewhere else so that I can do what I came for. And I think what Jesus right. is getting at is he was protecting his priority. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think sometimes when we think about, you know, discovering who we are and, and learning those unique gifts and, and having a better understanding of our calling in life, it helps us to really focus on what matters to us. And mm-hmm. I think you, you're always going to have people um, sort of vying and competing for our time and our mm-hmm. attention. And so I think, you know, what Jesus shows us is that, that he keeps the, the main thing, the main mm-hmm. thing, he keeps the priority in front of him. And I think that can be so important too, when we think about sort of taking care of ourselves, uh, staying refreshed, staying renewed, is that, that we want to keep what matters most, what we feel like God has gifted us to do and called us to do at the forefront and not let sometimes other people dictate that. Mm-hmm. And so Jesus really models for us, not only good self-care, he protects that intimacy that he has with the father 
but he also uh, shows that that he's going to live out of his priorities and not live in response to people's needs all the time. Right. And and it helps us to be rooted in him when we actually take the time like Jesus did to get away and spend time with God, then he has this place to work from. It gives right. us a perspective, the right perspective. Yeah. Yep. And it and I think that that's what energizes us. I mean, my well, goodness, like true. think about how many times we've tried to live out of yeah, it's so easy. You know, I'm I'm famous for uh, you know uh, running out of gas in the car. I know oh we've, my! We've, we've written about that in, in for better for kids, and I I hate to admit how many times I've actually it run out of gas. It is not good. And I thought at some point in our marriage, we've been married for over twenty years, that he would stop running out of gas. But he there. It, I don't know what's wrong. I don't know, I don't know what know, it is. I don't, I, I don't know, know what, what it is either. either. But one of these days, um, the Lord's going to reveal that to me, and it's going to be an <laughs> aha moment. But. All that to say, I mean, I think we can all, because life is challenging and, you know, we're raising kids and we're working and I mean, it's easy to run on fumes in life. And so I think, you know, we do need to practice good self-care, good soul care, because it's what energizes us, it's what keeps us going. It's what enables us to to not only love God and be loved by God, but also to really love others in a Christ-like way. And there's nothing more dangerous than trying to love other people and meet other people's needs when you're running on fumes. And so right. we absolutely have to make it a priority, you know, to, to be rooted in Christ, to be refreshed and renewed by him, to be good stewards of our, of our soul and to take good care of ourselves physically and spiritually. Mm-hmm. So, okay, let's get really practical here. You know, I love that part. So, um, how do we do this? Like what? Okay. Of course, for me, I'm thinking of practically for me, that looks like some time. I'm an extrovert, but I still need, I mean, we have four kids. I'm surrounded by people all the time. So I need the time to get away. I need peace and quiet. Um, I need to spiritually and mentally be in a right place. For me, practically, it looks like spending some time reading God's word, journaling, sometimes just it, just being by myself and it being quiet. What are some other ways that we can take care of ourselves um, without it seeming, you know, selfish or like we're obsessed with self-care? <laughs> I mean, really? Yeah, I have no idea. No, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Oh my word, I thought you were serious. <laughs> I, when you find out, let me know and I will be a happier human being. No, I'm just kidding. No, I think you're right. I mean, you're talking about schedule. I mean, I think that's a big, especially if you have kids in the house, mm-hmm. like just trying to figure, I mean, I remember when our kids were young, like you just would try to sneak out of bed to get I downstairs know. before one of them woke up. And then it's like that precious alone time, quiet time vanished, you know? Mm-hmm. And so I think sometimes, you know, depending on what season of life you're in yeah. and whether you have kids um, you know, what your work schedule is like is just trying to build into your schedule, um, that, that alone time. Um, and, and that's, you know, sometimes early in the morning, or maybe if that doesn't work, maybe that's in the evening. Um, it's working with a spouse to say, Hey, I, you know, I'm going to go for a walk for 30 minutes. I think, Mm -hmm. you know, scheduling is a big part of that. You know, along with that, I would say that, that, you know, try to build your ideal week. And so that's something we've done over the years is, you know, on Sunday night, kind of get our schedules out right. and really look at what we have going on. 
But I think really scheduling into your days and your weeks the things that feed you and nourish you. Mm-hmm. And so being intentional, because if you don't do that, um, something else will steal. It's sort of like, you know, in, in budgeting, if you don't budget money, uh, if you don't budget your money, um, you know, something else will will come in and, and um, you'll spend it somewhere somehow. And so I think really budgeting your time, building an ideal week can be super helpful. Yeah. And um, and don't you think just, I mean, again, going back to that, that idea of, of learning to say no and being okay with saying no? Yeah, definitely. And I think I'm glad you mentioned seasons because as a mom of four kids, I can think back to when they were little and the season looked so different for me. And like you said, it was trying to steal the moments to myself. Um, a lot of times it was when they were taking a nap or something. It just, it didn't look picture perfect. It never will. Um, but now they're older and I can build some of those times in a little better. Um, not always. There's times of the year where things are crazier. Um, and then in all of those different seasons, like you said, I have to learn to, that it's okay to say no. And that's really hard for me. Um, and when I say that, I don't mean that I, I never say yes either. And I think that's important because right. I think our tendency when we think about self-care is just to withdraw and take care of ourselves, And yeah. that is not what that is about but there are we can overextend ourselves, and so every year I really look at the before the beginning of the year I look at the commitments that I have had the past year and then I look at the commitments that I have coming for the year ahead and there's things I let go of and maybe there's things that I take on Um, but it's a good time for me to kind of have that self-assessment and awareness of how things went the last year and like you said every week I try to be intentional about building in times for different things I think the big key word there is intentional and I think honey that you do such a good job at that way better than me you are really intentional with your time as far as knowing what you need like this is what he says to me you guys all the time almost (laughs) every day (laughs) almost every day is okay I just I really need some time to read I haven't had any time to read today I'm gonna have to read and I'm like oh my word like yeah that'd be great if I had some time to read you know (laughs) but anyways I feel like you are really good though at knowing the things that fuel you and trying to intentionally put those into your schedule so, I mean, how, how do you say, I think that this is good for people to hear practically. What does that look like? Is, I mean, is it that you put that in your schedule every week? Yeah, I think, I know that sounds really strange, but I think when you're looking at a week, whether you use a, you know, Google calendar or, you know, an old fashioned, you know, uh, calendar on your, on your, um, uh, desk, I think it's, you know, just literally putting that in that from nine to 10, I'm going to be reading this book or from <laughs> two to four, I'm going to be, um, you know, uh, reading or studying that. I mean, I'm using it, examples from my own life right, right. Um, because that, that is one of the things that really nourishes me and, mm. and feeds me. But I, I, that, that's what I do. I will try to block out a certain amount of time each day or, you know, multiple times, um, you know, throughout the week, because I know I need that. Now I'm, mm. I'm teaching. So I, I mean, I'm a pastor, so I'm teaching on a regular yeah. basis. So there's a lot going out. So for me, a lot has to come in. Right. And so, but I will do that. Cause again, I, I think it's like a budget. If you, if you don't say, Hey, this $400 is going towards groceries. Um, then that $400 is going to get spent, you know, going out to eat or on new shoes or, or mm-hmm. something else. And so I think we, we, Put it on the calendar um, so that it, it doesn't get sort of stolen by something else. Somebody mm-hmm. calls or they uh, email you and you look at your schedule and you know that, 
at this particular time I'm doing this and it's just, it's on the calendar and, and that's one way of protecting what matters most and what, what feeds you, um, you know, physically, spiritually, emotionally. Right. And I think, so self-care looks like building those things into our schedule. First and foremost, obviously reading the Bible and praying, um, that's going to bring the most nourishment. And then on top of that, realizing those things, like you said, um, like reading and learning are so important for you. Um, also physically, you know, that's another area that I feel like you're so consistent in, but working out some sort of physical activity, it's amazing what that can do for you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think going back to where we started that, that as human beings, we are, you know, we're physical, we're spiritual. And so we, live this this relationship with God who is immaterial in material bodies. And so, um, you know, taking care of ourselves physically is really important. And so that might look like, you know, just getting on a schedule of knowing that I need seven hours of sleep at night or I need nine hours of sleep. Um, I'm at my best when I'm when I'm working out, you mm. know, four or five times a week. And so um, I think those kinds of things are, are really important. Um, and the reality is that that, that impacts us spiritually, you know, there are physical bodies and our spiritual, um, you know, uh, relationship with God, they're, they're really close neighbors. And Mm. so, um, you know, emotionally, mentally, physically, spiritually, we're, um, you know, we're whole beings in that way. And all of those things I think are really important in terms of protecting and nourishing. Mm -hmm. And I think that what we see here is that all of this affects then our, our relationship with God and it affects our relationship with others and how we can give and serve others. So ultimately self-care uh, is a means to glorifying God more, serving others more out of a healthy place. Um, so self-care is such an important part of our life, and it should be. Um, again, there is that middle ground. There should always be this tension that we feel, um, and it will look differently for every person. So there is no cookie-cutter answer to how your self-care will, will look, but I think it's important to take an honest look at your life and and write down those things that are important to you that are going to be your priorities and then move forward with intentionality. Um, it will give you that firm foundation rooted in Christ. Well, friends, you can follow us on Instagram at Patrick W. Schwank and at Ruth Schwank or on Facebook. And don't forget, everything we talked about is linked in our show notes at rootlikefaith.com backslash podcast. Oh my goodness, I loved that conversation today about self-care. As you know, if, if you've been listening in every week, each week we walk away with a key idea. It's the main takeaway summing up what we've talked about. So today's key idea is self-care is a means to love God and love others in a healthier way. We'll also be sure to put that key idea in the show notes as well as anything else we referenced at rootlikefaith.com backslash podcast. And as if I didn't say it enough already, we are thrilled, so thrilled you are joining us and we welcome you here to our family at Root Like Faith. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode and we'll see you next time.